Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am here this week with an incredible guest that many of you I'm sure are already familiar with and those who are not familiar with Miss Nancy Campbell, you are gonna be beyond blessed because I know I have been beyond blessed by her ministry. And this is part of our family series. We're gonna be talking this week about being a godly wife, about being a godly mother. And I cannot think of anyone better whose feet I can sit at and whose feet you can sit at to learn from um, than our guest this week. It's gonna be a great, great week. But before we get into that, I wanna say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Thank you so much to BJU Press for sponsoring this podcast. We are truly grateful for them because without them and our other sponsors, we would not be here doing what we're doing, hearing from our guests like uh, Miss Nancy Campbell. So Nancy, thank you for being with us this week. I, as I was looking through your your bio. I was like, whoa, I don't even know where to begin because you have so many, um, there, there are so many things to share about you. Um, I think as people hear your voice first, they're going to understand and realize that you might have a different accent. That's because you come from New Zealand and I love That's your right. accent, but you're all mm-hmm. the, also the mother of 10 children, 52 grandchildren and 28 great grandchildren with four on the way. And I don't know if that's changed since you last updated your bio, but that's, yeah, that's, that's an about incredible today, family. But it just is keeps it? going all the time. <laughs> that is yeah. so incredible. I can't imagine what your family tree would look like if you started to actually draw it out on paper. Have you ever done that? I mean, that's a lot of limbs to <laughs> draw. No, I, I haven't done that. Actually, I, I put up on my wall to get all their birthdays and uh, that was over. Oh, maybe two or three years ago and it was over a hundred names and there's so many more now. So I don't know. I've kind of given up keeping up to date. (laughs) Right, right. Oh my goodness. Yes. That would take an entire wall for you. So, oh, how exciting. Well, as I said, you um, are part of a ministry called Above Rubies. I shouldn't say part. You are the ministry along with your family Mm -hmm. called Above Rubies. And as I was um, you know, I, I was introduced to you. I know you wouldn't remember this because it was during a Teach Them Diligently convention. This was probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine said, you must meet Mrs. Nancy Campbell because she is a wealth of wisdom and resources for just building godly families. And so I got to meet you in person and I just was blown away by you. So you've been on my bucket list to have on this podcast for years. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you're here to join me this week. Tell us about Above Rubies and your ministry that God has called you to. Well, I started it um, 46 years ago. Wow. So I guess some of you aren't even that old. (laughs) So that's how (laughs) ancient I am. And um, anyway, but that was back in New Zealand. And I just got this incredible burden. I was a mother of six children at the time and serene. Many people know Serene through Trimporthy Mama, and uh, she was just a little baby at that time. But I I was just beginning to feel, even way down in the bottom of the world in New Zealand, we were feeling the inroads of feminism just coming to 
just woo mothers out of the home. And this burden came upon me to get out a magazine that would just keep coming, to just keep encouraging and inspiring and affirming wives and mothers in the home. Well, you know, it's amazing. I mean, why did God put this burden upon me? Because I didn't know how to do a magazine. I had never had any, you know, any training in any of that. But I just did it. I mean, so I just obeyed this incredible burden that was upon me and uh, did it. And I remember the very first magazine, I said to my husband, I've got this vision to get this family magazine out. And he said, well, don't come back on me. We've got enough bills. Thank you. (laughs) And, And I thought, what on earth will I do? I'm going to, I felt to make it just totally available and that just that people would give uh, who want to see the restoration of family. And so, amazingly, it was a miracle. I went to these printers, Christian printers, and I said to them, um, I want to print this, this magazine to encourage family life and to bring, keep mothers in the home, and would you print it? Well, I didn't have any money to give them, and <laughs> it was unbelievable. They said, okay, yes. Oh, wow. So, They went ahead. It was like God gave me sort of a gift of faith to do it. He gave them a gift of faith, and they printed it. Well, praise the Lord. Um, After it was printed, I was speaking at a ladies' conference, and so I said, here it is, ladies. Here's a magazine to encourage you, but not just you. Everybody you meet, take it out and give it to your friends. Put it in waiting rooms. Well, an amazing thing happened. These these women did that. And I began to get letters from the top of our little country to the bottom saying, wow. thank you for this magazine. And they sent a donation. Wow. <laughs> I went and paid the printers. Well, they were pretty happy. Aww. So that was amazing. And then I began to see it wherever you went. Above Ruby's was there. The second issue, we printed 5,000. The third issue, we printed 25,000. Wow. And then... In little New Zealand, at about three years of printing, we were printing 100,000 copies for little New Zealand. And everywhere you went, people just took it out. And I remember going to a dentist one morning and I walked in. New Magazine had just come out. And every single person was behind and above Ruby's Magazine. Somebody had put some copies in, you know, (laughs) just on the table. And, uh, you know, I, I can remember going through... Um, one of our main roads, it's called the Desert Road, and it doesn't smell like a main road in, in America. It's windy and everything. But there was this, this little wee sort of restroom, you know, on this lonely road, and I went in there, and there was an above rubies. You couldn't go anywhere where there wasn't an above rubies. Oh, and wow. uh, it just seemed that, you know, the people took out this message and, Then we moved to Australia, and I continued it there. And then 33 years ago, we came to the States. So we have been here a long time now and just continued the ministry of Above Rubies here. Yeah, Yeah. and you do a lot of speaking as well. You speak internationally. You speak in the States. You speak everywhere, all over the place. Yes, Um, well, we do have, you know, I especially more, you know, when the children were young, that was my whole life in the home. Uh And I was doing Above Rubies, but um, 
you know, never went out of the home. In fact, right to this day, I have never, that's nearly 46 years of doing above release, I have never taken it out of the home. It's just always been, sometimes it's just been in a little corner of the bedroom. Um, uh-huh. You know, other times I've made an office somewhere. At the moment, we live upstairs and then downstairs is above Ruby's where I have my office and then our packaging room and our storeroom. But it's wow. always in the home. And so I've never had to go out of the home because... Uh-huh. I mean, how could you write about the home and not be in the home? Right. <laughs> I mean, this is a thing. You've just got to be what you're writing about. And yeah. So I'm such a believer that God created the woman for the home. Yeah. I believe this is where he wants us to be. Of course, the devil hates everything that God has planned, and so he woos women out of the home. Yeah. And but God wants to draw them back into the home Amen. because that's where he has placed them. Yeah. Yeah, we can't yes. have the greatest impact on our family when we're not with our family and when we're not in exactly. the home. And and you know, we're going to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, so that doesn't mean that we don't find ways to help support our families. I mean, obviously you've you've done that. I do that with the podcast, but you know, I get to be home and work alongside my husband. Um and there are ways that the Lord uh allows us to help support our families, but our home is our main priority. Our children and our husbands are the main thing that God has called us to care for. And we have to be intentional about that. We talk a lot on this podcast about being intentional in our marriages and in our parenting. And so we are going to talk more about that today, but first let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Nancy Campbell. Nancy, how long have you been married? Oh, this coming March, it will be 60 years. Wow. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Well, it actually just seems like one blink of my eye. It just goes, just gone so quickly, but it just is so amazing. And I think that, you know, um, Colin and I just, I guess our marriage is just more beautiful every year and every month and every week. (laughs) Oh, how fun. Well, you know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And so you have had 60 years of fun. Are you going to do something amazing for your 60th anniversary? Well, we'll wait and see. Haven't planned (laughs) anything yet. (laughs) Oh, wow. How exciting. That is an incredible milestone where my husband and I um, are just hitting 28 years and and I... 
stand in awe of God's mercy and grace in our lives to get us through the past 28 years of marriage. So talk, I want to talk before we get into marriage, I want to talk really quickly about your decision to homeschool because you homeschooled your children, right? Uh, Not all of them. Back in New Zealand, um, I had, well, back in those days, because my children, um, most of my children are in their 50s. In fact, next uh, yes, this coming year, my oldest son will be 59 years of wow. age. So um, back in New Zealand, uh, it, it, we hadn't quite caught up with what was happening in America. And I had never even heard of homeschool. Sure. Oh, I just would have loved to have done it. Fortunately, we live next door uh, to the school where we live. So our children would kind of just hop over the fence when the bell went <laughs> and uh, they'd come back for playtime and come back for lunchtime and come back as soon as school was over. And um, anyway, but I, I didn't really hear about it until uh, Serene. And so I did begin to homeschool her. In fact, by this time we were in Australia and okay. uh, I didn't even know anyone else in the city when we, I was homeschooling her. Yeah. I mean, it's grown so big back there now sure. too. So um, I would have loved to have homeschooled them all. In fact, you know, school was just a waste of time for my children. Sure. I remember <laughs> going to a teacher, um, parent-teacher interview uh, with my oldest son, and the teacher said, your son, I mean, he's here, but he's not here. She said, I, I see him looking out the window, he never hears anything I say, but he's just looking out the window. But I know he's thinking because his brow is furrowed. <laughs> and she said, I don't know what he's doing, but he's not here. Well, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I know what he's doing. Because the moment he came home from school, he began, began to create and make all mm-hmm. these different things, you know. And, and all he'd done at school all day was just think of how he was going to do it. So really, right. it was a waste of time. It could have been at home actually getting on with a job. <laughs> right, right, right. That's <laughs> so funny. Well, you, you breezed right through this, and some may or may not have caught this, but you are the mother of Serene and Pearl, who are the Trim mm. Healthy Mamas. So I know yes. many, many are familiar with them. I, I love their uh, just their products. I love everything that they do um, in mm. encouraging families and mamas specifically to be healthy and to raise healthy children. So, um, so yeah. I think that's so fun that you, you get to be the mama of the trim. Yeah. So you're the trim, healthy grandma is really what you that's are, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> and then, then our oldest sons, they, um, they own and manage the newsboys, the Christian mm-hmm. band. So I, um, yes, we have all these different, you know, fun things happening in our family. Yeah. Yes. So fun. Okay. So you've been married for 60 years. I would love for you to go back and I kind of want to start at the beginning, like look where you are now. If you could go back to yourself 60 years ago when you first got married, what lessons would you teach? What would you tell yourself 60 years ago that would maybe, and not that you want to change everything you've done in your marriage, of course. I mean, you've made it this far, praise God, um, and have an amazing relationship with your husband. But what are some things that you would encourage yourself to do and encourage us as moms um, and wives to do with our husbands? I I think, you know, you go into marriage and even into motherhood, still a very selfish person. You've Mm -hmm. lived unto yourself. And I think that is one of the biggest things uh, to learn to change when you come into your marriage 
And when you come into motherhood as well, it's learning to, you know, it's not all about me. Yeah. And and so we we come in and everything is, you know, it's still about me. So, you know, if he didn't do that, which was sort of what I felt he should do, well, poor me. And, you know, I think he should have done that. And, oh, I'm not sure about that, you know, and you kind of see the flaws in, in them and you, you feel sorry for yourself when he's not being as maybe as good as somebody else's husband. And I went <laughs> through all those things. I mean, I loved him and, and we sure. didn't have really any problems, really. But I did, you know, have times when I was feeling so sorry for myself and, and uh, you know, and actually also, you know, he came into the marriage and he was just trying to be a godly husband and you know and uh, of course he was most probably a little a lot tougher than he is now <laughs> and um it's like you know you never want to be pulled up by a young policeman oh man they're just trying to show all their authority you know and you're <laughs> sure to get you know you know they'll give you a really good high bill <laughs> but um an older one will be a little more understanding and i think it's the same you know as as you you're both learning along the way yeah. and so if i could know what i know now i would think how ridiculous to be thinking like that and be you know have these self-pity trips which are the worst thing that we can ever do they do nothing for anybody they don't do anything for yourself they don't do anything for your husband for your family for anyone around you it is i think it is the worst thing and yet it is something that women can be very prone to why mm -hmm. mothers um but i you know i i just don't have them in my life now for years i i just don't have them at all i won't have them and if I was to sort of something is going right and it's not perfect, not how I want, well, I'm not going to get into a self-pity trip because it's not all about me. Right. It's about them. And I learned more to think, okay, um, how can I bless my husband? How can I make life wonderful for him? How can I just be more loving to him? How can I just, you know, um, up the passion in our marriage? How can I just make everything, you know, more wonderful? And, and so as you begin to think like that, that's what you begin to do. And then when you do that, that's how you begin to experience it. Yeah. So it's all to do with how we think and our attitude. And so I didn't have, I most probably had a few bad attitudes in the beginning, and I had to learn to get rid of them and to realize they were just a lot of nonsense and they spoil everything. Yeah. So the more I changed my attitude and uh, also, you know, I think too, you, you, you have this thing, you want your husband to be like you, sort of do what you want to do and sort of, but then you go along, and you realize, okay, he's, he's not a female. He is a male. He is right. a man. And even now to this day, I still have to remind myself, my husband is a man. And uh, he's not going to, in fact, he could never stand to come down to my little self-pitying things anyway. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't cried for years and years and years, but I did in the first beginning of our marriage because that was all self-pity. And then... You know, he'd say, what's wrong with you? I mean, you've got it all good. Oh, but poor me, you know. But it was so ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> and, and yes, it, so it's actually just realizing it's just having the right 
thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything in our life is right thinking. You know, what does it say? And um, God says in Isaiah 55 that my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. And so what are we going to do? Are we going to keep just down in our thought level, and which is always below par, and, and never going to bless anyone, and it's not going to build our marriage, and it's not going to make it wonderful, um, or am I going to come up to his thoughts mm. and to his ways? Because his ways are nothing like the ways of our flesh. They're totally opposite. Yeah. His ways are the ways of laying down our life, of serving, of loving, and, and then, okay, so I'm going to do it his way. But the amazing thing is that you find that as you do that, well, your, your relationship becomes more and more wonderful. Yeah. You can't totally love and passionately love and serve and just constantly think of ways to bless your husband without him reciprocating. Right. Because he can't, he just can't do anything but, wow, receive it. And, and he changes, yeah. and you both change, and, and you just get more wonderful and wonderful. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And it's so convicting. It's one of the things that I have learned for sure in my 28 years of marriage. And it's actually, for me, I think, been more on the flip side in that my husband serves me really well and serves our girls really well. And I'm definitely the more selfish one of the two of us. I really like to have my way. I want to have what I want when I want it. And through the years and as we've grown together as a married couple, he I, I notice that he's more intentional about serving me. And so it makes me, like you said, it makes me want to serve him in return. And there are often times where I'll just notice a need, you know, maybe he needs his water filled or maybe he, you know, needs something, you know, when I say his water filled, he always has a cup of water with him all the time, every moment of the day. So, you know, I'll notice that his cup is empty or something. And I'll just think, okay, if he, if he were, you know, serving me, he would ask me, you know, oh, can I get you some water? Or can I, you know, heat up some food for you or whatever. And, um, and so it makes me want to serve him in return. And it really does work that way. When you said, you know, when we start thinking about the way the Lord would do things, Yes. And we and offer that to our husband. They, in turn, offer that back to us. True. And I, you know, right from the beginning, I've always loved to uh, serve my husband, to feed him. I love to serve him breakfast. I serve him every meal. Oh. And I've always made it um, just, you know, the pattern of my life that every night that he comes home, I have the meal ready for him. I've always done it. Our mm -hmm. whole life. And, uh, you know, I realized that I know there are many, hus my husband doesn't know how to cook. He can, he makes the coffee. That's about what he does. <laughs> and, uh, but there are husbands who do love to cook and get in the sure. kitchen. But the thing is, I do believe it's our responsibility. Maybe he's never had to do it because I've made it my responsibility. But we have the responsibility to manage our homes, mm -hmm. to feed our families. Today, in this world in which we're living, many wives are not caring about that, mm -hmm. nor are they doing it. They don't 
see it as their role is a very foundational role of marriage and then continuing into motherhood is the feeding of our families. And it starts with the first to feed our husband. And I think it's very important that, you know, we have a meal ready for our husband when he comes in, when he is going to be ready for that meal in the evening so we can all sit down as a family together. And, um, you know, it's not, oh, husband comes home. Oh, goodness me, you want some food. Oh, well, you know, and nothing's really ready. That doesn't show that we're thinking about them mm. or wanting to serve them. And this is a very basic role of a wife, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This goes back to Titus too. And you talk about it being a responsibility, but I think it's also a privilege to be able to do those things. And you're really convicting me. Let me just tell you, because I our, our listeners know if they've been listening for a while that I really do not enjoy being in the kitchen. And it is really an effort for me to prepare any meal for my family. Um, but you know, even this morning, I, my husband went to the gym and he came home and while he was at the gym, I thought, you know what, he's going to be hungry when he comes home. And so I made a, an egg casserole, um, so that it would be hot and ready when he got home. And he was so grateful for that. And he just kept saying, this is so delicious. It's so delicious. And, and it blessed me because I know that it blessed him and he was so grateful for it. And so it really does. It's not just Um, a chore that we do, but we get that blessing in turn, you know, even if our husband doesn't thank us every day for doing those things, but because we're filling that God, that God-given role that, um, you know, of being a wife and being a mom and caring for our families, um, it really does bring so much delight to our family. And as you did that, you got such joy in actually doing it for him. And, um, you know, I think loads of women say that to me, oh, You know, I hate the kitchen and I, you know, I'm not a good cook. And that's the last thing I want to do. I just do it because I have to. But, you know, once again, it's all how we think. Right. We've got to change our thinking. Right. We do have to change our thinking because I I think in our society today, it's become more and more, oh, well, he can do it, you know. Of course, there's many women who aren't working. So, okay, he can cook the meal and so on. But, you know, we go back to that scripture in 1 Timothy 5.14, I will therefore that the younger women, um, most translations say widows there, marry, bear children, guide the house, that, you know, there will be nothing that the enemy can say against them. And so that word guide the house in the Greek is oikodespoteo. Two words in the Greek, oikos, home. And then the, the other word is despotes, where you can kind of guess what's coming from that. It means to manage or mm. rule the home, yeah. which is pretty amazing. This is um, God has given us as women a sphere of rulership because, you know, it's not just men who want to rule. Women want to rule, too. There so, is something in us that wants to rule. Um, because what does God say in the beginning? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, and take dominion. Yeah. There was something there that we want to take dominion. And this is where deception comes in. Because God has given the woman a home. Yeah. A home. It's her domain that she takes dominion over. 
dominion is taking you know, rule over a domain. She's queen of her home. And that's her role. And so that includes the feeding of her children and her husband and thinking, not just putting a meal together, but thinking of how she can just do it uh, so beautifully. And, yeah. and uh, I, I remember hearing um, a little phrase one, make every meal a love affair. And I've never forgotten it. I seek to do that. So it's not only cooking your meal. It's setting the table. Mm -hmm. It's making it beautiful. It's preparing it so that your your children are going to come round to just not some food, just slept on a naked table. I don't even believe <laughs> in naked tables for sitting at the meal. No, we always have a tablecloth. Now, of course, we have to get into all those things. What about mothers with little children? Hell, sure. They can't wash tablecloths every night. Well, they don't have to. I mean, you can buy the most beautiful, today especially, the most beautiful plastic um, tablecloths, and they even you can get lace ones. They look glorious. You just wipe them down, just as though you'd have to wipe your naked table. Right. <laughs> and, um, but you're just doing something special mm. that draws your children, that makes even your husband feel, wow, you know, my wife, our mother, she loves us. She, she wants to make this beautiful for us. And there's a secret for all mothers. Oh, tell How us. How you elevate your table will be uh, how your children behave at the table. If oh. we just slap some food on the table, come and get it, and, you know, they just come in and eat and go, well, I mean, you just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing to it. But when you set a table mm -hmm. and you maybe put some flowers and, and you maybe put, do some other things to make it special. In fact, as your children are growing, you're not doing everything. You're teaching them right. how to do it. And, it's, and sometimes on the, you know, different occasions, you'll make special name places with little special words for each child. And, you know, your children come to the table. They are not going to all be grumpy, misbehaving, knocking one another. No, they are in awe. Mm. Wow, this is beautiful. They sit up straight. It's amazing wow. what happens. How we, the honor we put on the table mm. will be how our children behave. Yeah, I've never thought about that. That is so beautiful. Mm. And it shows not just to our husbands, but to our children that they're yeah. worth it. They're worth the effort. And and mm. I appreciate that you said too, this is a great way for our children to be involved. It's not that mom has oh, to do all these no, things, but with no. having our kids home with us as homeschool families, we get to teach our children etiquette. I mean, that is really, I think that is really lacking in our society today. Oh, and so teaching mm. our kids proper etiquette, you know, whether in the home or in a restaurant or in someone else's home, um, this is a great way to do that. And so I love that you talk about that. That's so fun. Yes, I think I'm noticing, Yvette, that etiquette seems to be dying. Yeah. Um, and why? Because mothers are not passing it on to the next yeah. generation. Sure. We as mothers are the transmitters of God's truth and his ways yeah. and the ways of life, which includes etiquette, on to the next generation. Yes. And sadly, this this generation, many don't even know any manners or any etiquette sure. at all. And uh, but everything comes back to us. 
Yeah. We, we're the ones who have to pass it on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think so much of that is because instead of looking to God's word for how we're supposed to live, we're looking to the world. We're looking to TV shows and to mm-hmm. movies and to, you know, Pinterest and the internet and all the other things instead of looking at, you know, how God designed the family to be. Mm-hmm. So we have so much more to talk about, but we are out of time today. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We are going to be back with Nancy on Wednesday. We're going to talk more about motherhood. We're going to talk more about being a godly wife and what that looks like according to scripture. And if you guys, I'm sure you've heard by now, if you have not yet signed up for the Homegrown Generation Family Expo, go to the website, homegrowngeneration.com and sign up. You guys, this is going to be a great online event. It is online. It is interactive. It is live. And so we'll have a schedule of every speaker that's going to be Um, live and when they're going to be live and what their topic is, what they're going to be talking about. And you can interact with them through their session. Um, It will be similar to doing a podcast interview, but of course it's going to be like a live interview. And then at the end, you'll get to interact and ask them questions, make comments. It's going to be a lot of fun. We did this back in 2020. I know that many of you were part of that event then. It's going to be just as great, if not even better this year. We have a great uh, virtual swag bag that all of our attendees get to have. Um, with lots and lots of resources. And so join us for that event. Tell your friends about it. Bring your friends over. Last time, a lot of people did um, parties in their home. Like they just would gather together, figure out what sessions they wanted to watch together and and they would do watch parties together. So do that with your friends as well. Homegrowngeneration.com. Sign up there. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.